0: So we're going to do about three, four hours, okay? <laughs> Perfect. it will be a bathroom break. Um, as long as we got that. Oh, that's what I meant. <sighs> we're going to oh, do some charting. Yeah. Put my mic on! <laughs> put my mic on! All right. My sounds are good. Are we all lit up? Yes. So uh, Jerry Springer died today. Oh. Did he? What? 79. Oh. Uh... I actually just lose track of how old people are. I know because if you would have said to me today before I heard the news Jerry Springer died, I would have said that guy's sixty five years old. Yeah, every old every old person to me is sixty five, so he was almost eighty. Every everyone old to me is like got a
1: seven handle at this
0: point. Oh, dude, uh,
1: it keeps extending. The goalposts move the older you get.
0: So I was looking at some of the clips from like old school Jerry Springer, and sorry, the paternity yeah. tests, right. <laughs> Lunacy. I don't. <laughs> Brian, I left, don't think I've ever laughed so hard.
2: Last time I saw you, it probably was in North Carolina. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that four, five years ago? Was it that long? Four,
1: Unfortunately. Four, four, yeah.
0: For John, yeah. Uh, Al Pacino turned 83 this week. Holy moly! How's that? I would have believed if you said he died over Jerry yeah. Springer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jerry Springer died.
0: Jerry Springer died. Shut the f- up. Yeah. Where have you been
2: today? When I've been busy. Oh. Uh, like what time? Take care of yourself. 79. And each other.
0: 79 years old.
2: What happened? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Like it wasn't like something happened. He just died.
2: People. I'm a little shocked. That guy was like a staple. Really? My childhood. When I was when I was homesick, like uh, not sick, at 10:30 in the morning, I was watching Jerry Springer.
0: That, that's, the, that, that's the whole, like, thing on social media today is, like, thank uh, you for entertaining me during the
2: days I miss school. Yeah. Oh, me- right. Remember, remember yeah. Steve Wilkes, a bodyguard? He, like, did something. That's very sad. Oh, trip. Steve. That's on- right. He, he did. Yeah. 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 The enforcer guy. Was Jerry Springer, like, really the mayor or was that, like, a rumor? I think that was He was the mayor of Cincinnati. Do you know about this? Was mm, he the mayor somewhere? He was the
0: mayor of Cincinnati. <laughs> he was. He was also a judge. He was, like, not a... He was not, like, destined to be a reality All right. Host. Let's talk about
2: this for a sec. I... Maybe I'm a naive. I kind of thought it was like, I, I thought it was real. What do you mean? Oh, the like show. The the show? Was actors? it totally
1: scripted? No, I think they found some really interesting people and it was real. It was real? Yeah.
0: Your thoughts? I think that they started off finding some really interesting people and then you run out of insane people and you start manufacturing them.
1: That sounds right.
0: Man, yeah. like few- I'm sad. I love that guy. Like if you, if you ask, if you ask Jerry, me,
2: Jerry,
0: <laughs> Jerry. if you asked me, was everything on the show real, I would say probably not.
2: I'm not saying everything, but I think, no, I it's, think it's,
0: it's, it's wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the end, right? right. It was too well right, right, honestly.
2: It turned into wrestling. Yeah. Man.
0: They're good athletes, but there's a script. Yeah. um So one of the, one of the, one of the funny clips I saw was they had him on Austin Powers. And in character, uh, Mike Myers comes out as Dr. Evil and Jerry Springer is like doing the reunion of Scott Evil and his dad, like trying to mm-hmm. reconcile them. Zip it. On the show. <laughs> All right. Ken says he needs to jam the brakes on the drama with his relationship. Ooh, Ken, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Jerry, I cheated on my BM. On oh. his what?
2: No, you BM? cheated
0: on your baby's mother.
2: Yeah. Baby's mother. Oh.
0: So. <laughs> and why would you do that? <laughs> uh, before I tell you the story, Jerry, I really want to say I love my family. We probably can use You this. know, we have a son together. Yeah. Probably love do my whatever son I want. Anything in the yeah. World. Yeah. But one day. Uh, well, he's dead. Whatever. It's a tribute. We're oh, the rights die when he dies. no, we're doing a tribute. We're not. We're not uh, appropriating his content. we're, not 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 we're trying to pay. The his,
2: we're trying to pay homage. Yeah. We just. We just, just. screw that up. Mark you screwed up. All right, rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Thank you for all of the countless hours. What, the f- are you what is in your you know mouth? We're, you know we're broadcasting, right? We're not really broadcasting. Okay. This is the, pre- the pre-taping. Okay. All right, so Shan, we
0: uh, we want to hear your economic outlook before we. St- before <laughs> <laughs> what did you think <laughs> of the most recent beige book? We we would like your take on uh, revised GDP forecasts, if you don't mind. Um. Are you excited for this? Are you amped up? I, know you did, I am, yeah. I know you did a bunch of stuff this week to promote the book. Right. And you guys had the 50th anniversary of the MTA. See, C- They call it CMT now. The CMT. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. this is different. I'm here with friends.
0: Okay, so who, but who is there? Like, they said they had the biggest crowd they've ever, I know it's Jay Woods' show. Right. Shout out to Jay Woods. Yeah. So like who is who is there that we know?
1: Um, big names, John Bollinger,
2: uh, Tom DeMarc, Uh, Larry Williams was John Bollinger there with his band but um, (laughs) I'm uh thank
0: you thank you what do they do they all present or they're just hanging out um
1: those guys are presenters yeah but i mean jc's there jay woods as you said yeah Uh, a lot of people in the business who you know names you know in technical analysis katie stockton she's on cnbc a lot i think right yeah uh she was there presenting you louise yamada just we just
0: we had dan russo on the show recently he must have been there dan was there yeah yeah exactly oh it's great Dan's great so it's good seeing everybody it is. This yeah. is the first one that you're back to since the pandemic? This is the first
1: time I've been back to New York since the pandemic. Was yeah. it at the Stock
0: Exchange? Where was it? Uh, we're having a
1: s- private dinner down there tonight. It's over somewhere off Madison. Should I come? Am I invited? I don't think I got anything. If right. you're invited, you should.
0: If. I bet you can. If you were you invited, you should. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should probably hit Jay Woods. It's, I'm sure it's you not you my
2: invite. invite. I'm we- kind of dressed down. I don't know if I, I'm dressed down.
0: Just go with JC's entourage. Yeah. Just like blend in with them. That's true.
2: Should Jay- they say who we are. I'm a technical analyst. Is, that's all you
0: need to know. Is JC like the like the rock star of the the thing when he walks in, or like does is he, he think he, he, thinks is? he, is. he is? No, is no I know he thinks me? he <laughs> is. I know he I know he thinks he is. Actually, I was gonna try to I was gonna try to Facetime him, but he didn't respond to my text. Let's see if do we, it again. Let's see if we can get him. Can I do a I could do a Facetime from this? Is it gonna screw anything up? Sure,
2: Duncan Duncan. See, Duncan, Jay- Duncan says that's not compliant. In theory,
1: <laughs> JC has his crew and JC's well respected. He's been great for the CMT association. He's That's brought what I in, he said. Yeah, he's brought in a lot of guys who have become CNTs and helped raise their exposure. So globally, yeah. He has
0: yeah. technicians in every country. he's, in, he's I know. big, he's big India, in India.
1: Yeah. Japan? Um, Japan really? I Does Akampora so. show up to these things or yeah. Ralph did the uh opening talk a, today. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he's like the most senior figure He started it in the 50 tech-
1: years ago. 1973, he started the it was the MTA then, now it's the CMT Association.
0: Um JC was telling me he has a barn in yeah. Minnesota. Where is it? Minnesota. And he painted the entire side of the barn, the Dow Jones chart. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and
1: it's like a hundred twenty-foot <laughs> wall or something crazy by you know, twenty five feet yeah, yeah, high. Yeah, it's, it's a
0: it's it's not a painting. It's the whole side of the barn. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. He paints a new can. Gets up on his ladder at seventy years old and oh gets up God. there and paints. Is on it. Is it, it. it
0: candlesticks? Is it like legit? Uh, no, it's a line. It's it's, line. it's, it's, it's like it. it's
2: kind of like a hybrid.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Shout out to shout to shout to Ralph. Uh, Wait,
2: what's what's not the candlestick, but it's the straight line with the sticks going out? A bar chart? Is that a is that bar chart? Yeah, yeah. A
0: bar, chart, bar chart, bar chart, right. Um, you're a, can you're a candle guy. You
1: know, I'm actually, uh, I'm a public candle guy, okay. but I'm a private, uh, You're
0: candle bar in the guy. streets, bar in-, in the sheets? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I feel <laughs> like,
1: yeah, bar is sophisticated. Well, it's just simple. It, it, it yeah. the colors, I think, can jade people's opinion. They think that, totally. you know, they put, put them all green and red and they think everything green means it's positive when it might be down for the Guilty. Day. You caught me.
2: I'm a candle guy. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. I, I, I. When Wait. I do so you don't want to know.
0: You don't want to know if the days that you're looking at were green or red, or the the time frame. No. What you don't want to no. know is
2: if they if they were open if they closed red but were but closed higher than the open and then it could be a green bar even though it closed red. Here, you know what I mean? Here's
1: a sneak peek at what I what I look at. It's it's sure. it's all bars. I've got one up there that can't that's candle Give me that thing. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael's gonna start placing trades. Wait. Okay. So so why it. don't you want to know? Um, I, I, to me, it gives a, a bias that it
1: might not be true. So, oh, it'll
0: make you feel a certain way.
1: Yeah, I I, I try as best I can to re- leave, uh, you know, remove the emotion from everything I do. And I think the colors kind of jade your opinion. I've never found value in candlestick patterns. You know, the three. But what about the Ichimoku? What about the clouds? The clouds. You don't like do-
0: you don't like doji's?
1: No, you know, point and figures are cool. Point yeah. figure car- charts. I like those because they're just Daussy price, way. Yeah. right? Um, to me, it's all about
0: keeping it as pure and simple as possible. That's what we do here on the show. Yeah. So you're gonna be par- you're gonna be a perfect guest. How we feeling? Feeling good? Oh shit! Here, here we go. go. All right. Here we go. It's an important here He's go. Been at dinner in a- at the New York Stock Exchange. Wow. 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 Episode ninety. <laughs>
2: Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by Josh Brown, Michael Badnick, and their castmates are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Today's excellent episode of The Compound and Friends. We had Brian Shannon on. What a show you're in for. is brought to you by... Public, One of the themes which I did not see coming of 2023 is cash as an attractive investment.
0: It's the hottest trade on Wall Street. <laughs> like, no doubt. This is what everyone's doing. It's what everyone's talking about.
2: So what's so special, special about public and accessing the sweet, juicy yields that the federal government has to offer us?
0: Well, listen, you can buy a high-yield money market anywhere, but if you want to buy the actual T-bills themselves— It's not quite as simple to do. You can do it in different types of accounts, but public makes it really easy. And I did my first T-bill purchase using public a few weeks back, and I'm probably going to do it again. It's just seamless. It's in the app, and you can move money in quickly, and you can just take care of business. How do
2: people get to public?
0: Uh, You're going to use the public app. Listen, I'm not an app trader. You know me. Like I'm old school. I like to call it in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but I use I use. Hello, the public is this app. public? Yeah, yeah. Customer service, please. No, I use the app. It's really easy. So shout to public and shout to Leaf uh, and all the good people working there. Good folks. Good app. Happy to uh, have them sponsor the show. Go to public.com/slash/compound, and that way they'll know you came from us. We, we did ninety of these things. Ninety. All right, Compounder Friends, episode 90, starring Michael Batnick and me, downtown Josh Brown, and our very special guest today, Brian Shannon. Right? right? <laughs>
1: <Come on. laughs> Brought, the to the uh, audience. <laughs>
0: Brian Shannon is the founder of Alphatrends.net, a trading analysis and market-focused education platform. And he has just released his latest book on technical analysis called Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored VWAP. Welcome to the show, Brian Shannon. Hey, good to be here with friends. Let's, uh, we're going to go back to technicals in a minute. We're going to put a pin in it. But – Let's just tell people what VWAP is, and it'll be important later. Oh, sure.
1: Uh Volume-weighted average price. Right. It's an institutional be- – it was created as an institutional benchmark in 1988 to say, here's how well you did with your order for today. It gave the ability to say, we got a good uh, uh price for our trade, or they did a bad so let job.
0: Me, so let me back up. So people that are not professional traders, they understand there's an opening price, Right. there's a closing price, and then some of them – even understand there's a high price on the day and a low price on the day. Volume weighted average prices, where were most of the trades done? At which price, which which were the most important, what was the most important price of that day?
1: Right, the okay. arithmetic mean. So it's the adjusted for volume, what price did this trade at? What's the? And they call it the price a naive trader could expect to get. Okay. You're not really doing anything special to get the VWAP. If you do better than
0: that, then,
1: you know, you did a good job for your client. If you did worse, they're going to say what's going okay. on. Okay, so
0: you're a sales trader and you get an order from Franklin Templeton buy me 150,000 intel. Right. If if you then report the pro- I mean it's in, I know it's instantaneous sure. now. But if you're reporting back a price to your institutional client that is significantly above the VWAP um on a block like that, right. you look like you screwed up or yeah. is it not that simple?
1: No, it is and and they might actually report a better price than what they did so they don't lose that business because they know they might be able to make it up down the road or they're going to get extra allocation of the next hot IPO. Okay. So they have to balance it all out. They're not just going to give you like, – and if they do the best job and they you know, buy it 50 cents less than the VWAP, they're not going to keep that off of themselves, the brokerage firm, unless okay. they're really greedy and need to make their quarter or something. I so suppose. now
0: you, the trader So – all right, so, so the trades of that size, institutions of that size, they're like uh, – barges or luxury liners, just these giant ships. So you, the trader, are trying to do what with regard to the anchored value weighted average price? You're trying to see the
1: footprints that they leave. So when they do that, let's say one and a half million shares, right? Because it's- a Or one in my analogy, the, the day. wake. Yeah. Okay. So you're looking at that and they don't want to go to the market first thing in the morning and say, hey, we're going to buy a million and a half shares. That tips the market's hand. They drive the price up. That's market impact cost. They don't want to do that. And they don't want to put a big bid in and people will see that. Everyone will start front running. So they slice it up into small orders. So if 10% of the volume typically occurs in the first half hour, they're going to do 10% of the volume with their algorithm that trains it to do that. And they try to get the VWAP just for that first half hour. And throughout the day, as it builds, they're trying to make sure there's close to that average price as possible so that they have a fair price. Uh, so in real executed.
0: time, then, that price is moving. It's moving, just like a moving volume. average. Correct. Right. Okay. So- you want to use that information to inform what you're trying to do. Right. So what happens a lot of
1: time is, let's say the stock gets away from them in the morning, and runs up real strong. They'll say, well, we can't buy it up here. It's too far from VWAP. As the stock maybe comes back in because some big institution, a hedge fund says, hey, you know, it's uh, two standard deviations away from VWAP. Let's short it down to the VWAP intraday. And they'll do that. So it comes down to the VWAP. And then that institution who has the buy order is waiting with their algorithm to say, let's soak in as much as we can here because we're behind on this order. We need to get this liquidity at this good price before it gets away from us again. And what that shows on the chart is that you can see the stock being absorbed at that level. It won't go below it. So I like to watch it there and as when it starts you know, bouncing away from that again, then get in, execute an order, try to, you know, ride that wave, the wake, as you just Cause said. Because
0: you know what, because you know, because you have an edge in just in terms of knowing what that buyer or seller is attempting to accomplish.
1: Yeah. You have an idea of what they're doing. Nobody ever knows. And sure. they're always playing games, you know, trying to sell a little bit on the open, you know, trying to sell 50,000 shares on the open short. To drive it down a point, and then so start they can buying. then they can pick up three hundred thousand shares at a discount right. and get ahead of that order. Then they know their order throughout
2: the day is going to have less impact on it. Brian, I've got a million questions on VWAP and moving averages and how they intersect. But before we do all that, I don't think I ever heard your story of how you got to where you are today. So why don't you take us back to you when, when you were like eleven all years all old? All started on Jerry's. Let's burning. start at eleven years old <laughs> and then no. But seriously, what was your first job on Wall Street? Um, I
1: was a retail broker in Boston for a little company called Thomas James. Um, maybe you know them, Josh. They're Thomas one of those James little. Was it, it was a bucket shop. It was a bucket shop. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was. Truthfully, I you know I I liked the market when I was a kid. I'd watch Wall Street Week with my dad when I was you know twelve thirteen years old, and you know did a trade at fourteen years old that really worked out well. It doubled, and I was like, boom! This is easy. This is what I want to do. So I became a stockbroker, and I realized quickly that. Thomas James wasn't the place I wanted to be. Yeah. And so I went over to Lehman Brothers, and they taught me how to sell. And the problem was I didn't, I didn't want to be a salesman. I wanted to be a trader. Yeah. So I was decent at it, and I really learned some great skills. I, I worked for a guy there who really taught me some good stuff about technical analysis, and that got me in the door. So then I moved out to Denver continued as a broker for about 2 years and then in the back of the investors business daily they used to have this ad come trade with our money put yeah. up 25 grand yeah. so i was you know 24 years old my first son was just born i had i didn't have a pot to piss in really i took out some money on a credit card i put up to 25 grand okay. and i started trading full time smartest thing i ever did Okay. Everyone would tell you that's the dumbest thing you could do. And and most of the time it is. Fortunately for me, you know, I have a very strong aversion to risk and losing money. I hate losing money. That's why I can't invest.
0: It's also why you're still here.
1: It's why I can't. Yeah, I was still here. Right. Um, so that worked for me. But I wasn't trading with scared money because I also knew I had to make, you know, my mortgage. Um, so I would, you know, plow away at it. And then I helped that firm— Uh, They are called Generic Trading, original name. Um,
0: That's literally what they call themselves. That's like the Clever Beatles. That's a firm that doesn't want any attention.
1: Yeah, it's like Acme Products.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: okay. Um, So Generic, I helped them open an office in Denver. Then I went on, this is during the SOS time, I went and opened my own day trading office. um, And then, you know, just kind of bounced with a, a, went to another one market-wise at the time, uh, headed up their prop trading desk, traded their money, and about fifteen years ago, I broke off and did my own thing. And you yeah. know, Howard brought me in with Stock Twits and
0: Shout out to started. Howie. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, he, so many he, of us have that story. Yeah. Because all right, because my earliest memories of, and I wrote a little bit about this in the forward to your book. Um, but my earliest memories of you was just like people would speak about you in almost like whispered tones, like people like, oh, Brian Shannon, yeah, like like you were the guy, but you were like a trader's trader and you were doing videos before i mean youtube was around but nobody really knew how to like make videos and upload them you were very early to that i'm i'm not just going to tell you i'm a good trader i'm going to show you how i trade right and you built a big audience and from what i understand like most of your audience is, is still there and it's built and you know you're you've now been a teacher and a trader for i don't know 15 years ish um well so
1: you know, full time doing with YouTube and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. But at
1: market wise, I was doing a daily letter, teaching classes there as well. So I've kind of always had an educational bent to it. Even when I had my first day trading office, I realized all these people coming in, they didn't really know what they were kind of doing really. And, well, and and I wanted to keep them around yeah. as customers because we'd get a piece of the, each commission. Um, so I didn't want to just churn and burn and always find guys. So I'd help them and I taught a technical analysis class. I still have it on the web. It's kind of funny. I just okay. took all these investors business daily charts, cut them out, blew them up on a photocopier, yeah, yeah. typed some stuff and taped it together and photocopied it. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of always come naturally to me to try to, you know, teach and, and, and help people. Um,
0: Think the other thing with you that's really interesting is that you just prefer to manage your own money even though if you wanted to you could run a fund or you could do separate accounts and you've done it over the years you told me a ma- an amazing <laughs> story <laughs> gonna, you, yeah, I, I have to yeah yeah can we tell the canon story of course all right and then we'll get into the the news of the week but just tell tell us the canon story because i love it so much
1: i i was at a Traders Expo or something in in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I did you know one of these talks, and this this gentleman came up to me and said, "Hey Brian, I, I want to give you a million dollars to trade with." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, everyone does, but you know, come, yeah. go find a million dollars first, then we can talk." Yeah, he's like, "No, no, let's let's have dinner, you, me, my wife tonight." Next thing you know, I'm signing papers. He gives me limited power of attorney on his thing. I was like, okay, Monday morning, I'll start trading. It was like
0: an interactive broker's account or uh, something? Or? It was
1: a Fidelity account. Fidelity account and, okay. and I just had the power to. So the the deal was, I was going to get uh, no asset fee, just twenty percent of the profits. So I don't I don't need the two percent. I'll do the twenty. So I traded for about three weeks, and, you know, during that time, the market was down two, three yeah. percent, and I was trading really aggressive. Yeah. And, but I was up three no, and a half percent a or so.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, I'd be like— What's aggressive, position size or just a lot of trades? Uh, both, or? yeah, okay. both. So right. I'd, I'd, you know, leg into the SPY, and I might build it up to 25,000 shares during the day. And then I was just getting my feet wet with this account. Yeah. So I'd go in 5,000 share clips— Buy, by five thousand, buy five thousand, buy five thousand, and I do it sometimes that quick. And the yeah. funny story is, so I did. You know, I, I was up three and a half percent. The market was down two percent. This is three weeks in. Yeah. I'm starting to add up the numbers. How much money I'm going to make with this account this year? Yeah. And I get a phone call. He says, "Brian, I have to close the account." Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Look at the market. Three, three at, weeks
0: in. Yeah. Great I, client. I, yeah.
1: How How does that make any sense? Yeah. He said, "Well, I'm retired and I have a heart condition." And I, you know, he lives in this mansion in LA looking over the, overlooking the ocean and all that. He said, I have the account set up to my surround sound speakers in the house. And every time you do a trade, it fires a cannon shot. (laughs) So if you had a sound effect, that'd be great.
0: We don't, Uh, we don't, we don't. don't. So yeah, just, just boom,
1: boom, boom, boom.
0: Okay. And so it wasn't you, good so for do his heart. you 10 trades and this guy's got a cannon going off in his house. Yeah, it's just rapid fire too. It's like, <laughs> poor Brian. guy, had, he was shell-shocked. Brian. All right. So, so you probably said to yourself at that point, maybe maybe this is not the way I want to move forward with he, people.
1: Here's the way I view it is, you know, managing money is really tough. Yeah. But managing people is is definitely not Yeah, no talent. shit. That's what I do I, all that. Yeah. That's really, it's that's, that's hard. Yeah. So
2: before we get into all of the earnings and all that good stuff uh, and trading techniques and all that stuff, uh, trading, it is not rocket science. Obviously, there are right. things that you need to know. If prices are going up, you want to buy. If prices are choppy, you want to avoid. If they're going down, you want to short or whatever, something right. like that. But uh, knowing that, and actually being able to execute and actually being able to control your emotions when things are going sideways, or even in your favor, because you get excited, is supremely difficult. It is. Do you know if somebody has that in them or not? Like, Because how long does it take to master that? In 15 years, you oh, know so what I if mean. If you're gonna like
0: take time to mentor somebody, like, do, you, do you know if they even can do it, regardless of what you teach them? I I still make mistakes
1: all the time, and I know I'm making the mistake when I'm doing it. But I'm telling myself, no, I got this one. Yep. <laughs> and you know, the good news is, I I hate losing money, so. I'll look at it and go, that was really stupid. I sell, take my loss, right. beat myself up. and But I always know it's my fault. I got exactly what I deserved. I shouldn't have been doing that. So, you know, to teach someone how to do that, I, I, it, there's got to be something in you because my risk aversion is what really
0: has kept me in this business.
2: That's what I'm saying. It's an, It's an emotion. It's not intelligence. It's- it's an emotional intelligence, right? right. I mean, it's, it's but that's false. the
0: whole theory. Like, remember when Schoenfeld sent out that letter maybe twelve years ago or something? They like fired half their their human traders. I kind of do. Yeah, yeah, it was like a big moment. I feel like in in the history of trading, mm-hmm. Schoenfeld had this like reputation as the best place to learn how to trade. Right, and they just like made money in every market. Like they got bigger and bigger, and I think they had this realization that everything was going to go algo. And only a very few human traders would be able to keep up. Right. And they like fired half the people and they put out a letter and I think like the media picked it up and it was basically to that effect. It's almost like – it It almost doesn't matter what we teach you if you don't have the thing yeah. that you need to have to yeah. – to, like really employ it.
2: I mean, you have to. I am very skeptical that people can master their emotions. Obviously, there are people out there. Yourself, but I, just I, it's, don't come count on. me in that. You know, I I I can control but them for but the time. You're not going to go off the deep end. I, That's no, what I mean.
1: No, I haven't done that in a while. I mean, but you know, is late as or as, as early as you know five years ago. I remember there was maybe uh, eBay or something like that was gapping down in the after hours. And I was, I knew I was breaking every one of my rules and I bought it and it kept going down and I got stubborn. I bought more and more and more. And then after about an hour in the aftermarket, you know, I was down, you know, good amount of money. I just, I just cut it. I said, that was just the stupidest thing. Now I got to spend the next month, who knows, making this stupid trade up. But I got sucked in and and
0: fortunately- You know know when you know you're when you start like researching the company fundamentals, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, when you know the. Trade. What are That's these when earnings? you know the trade didn't go well. What are, what are I, these earnings? I would say, yeah.
2: When you get in for when you get into a trade for technical reasons, you have to get out for technical reasons. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you start listening to the conference call, you're dead. you are done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't uh, listened to one in ages. God. <laughs> like, uh, uh, well, but, okay. Up. So let's let's so transition. We, so we
0: have, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, some earnings. By the way, th- hold on. Th- hold on. Th- it's we're taking this on Thursday. 3 o'clock, the market, 3.30, the market is ripping. Yeah. Going nuts all week, but really today is a huge, what's the S&P up? Dude,
2: up 2%, uh, uh, Brian, yesterday I'm talking to Josh. I was like- I don't know, man. Like, markets looking like I the know. stock market is acting recessionary. Like, industrials are getting the shit beat out of them. Every, everything that you would say is cyclical to the upside was getting smashed. And I don't know why. I was not in front of my computer today, but the market seems to be ripping. Um, before we get into all of the earnings of the week, I'm just curious as somebody who's trading full time, when we are in earnings seasons, do you completely, how could you completely ignore it? What, how, do no, you inco- no. how do you incorporate earnings into when you're trading?
1: It, it's really a great time to pay attention to what moves on earnings. So I had this stock Mondelez. I knew they were reporting last night. It was a winner. I sold it. I didn't want the exposure. It was up, you know, 3% in three days. Good enough, take the money and run. It's up today doesn't bother me. I you know I I know I don't want to take that risk cuz it might have been down, down 10 15%. But so you know if your companies are reporting earnings. Oh, you have to know. Okay. That. It's like you have to know when the Fed is coming the out. Gaps. You can't oh, be, right. you know, you can't be there trading the S&P at two, you know, 8 one, uh, 158 Eastern and then yeah. what on, happened on, on the a market? What just happened? So
2: you're not quite as extreme as JC, who's like who's the Fed? <laughs> 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 earnings, what are those? Wait, so but you um
0: I heard you say, and I've kind of adopted this idea. And it's of course, it's a, it's not like always works, or you know, there's exceptions. Right. By the way, the thing with technical analysis in general, people are like, oh, it didn't work that one time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Forget it. It's it, it's <clears throat> bullshit. But you, I heard you say that surprise surprises like earnings tend mm-hmm. to occur in the direction the stock was already traveling in. Facebook. Yeah. Perfect one so, today. Huge upside. So it's of course not always true, and that's why you say tends to. Right? Can you explain? Can you explain that a little bit for people? It, it's like the it's that the market is smart. Is what you're is kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah. So so Meta is a perfect example because it was down a couple days prior to the earnings. Yeah. So that kind of put it in a position where, you know, if it had been up five days in a row and then the earnings came out and they were good, it probably would have been sold into because the market was already anticipating that. But the market's a discounting mechanism. It trades on where, you know, the smart money, supposedly, the people who do the research think the earnings are going to be six to nine months down the road. It's so a been rallying yesterday. all year. Yeah. And, right. and, and, you know, where did they bottom out? They bottomed out with the worst news, right? That's when, hey, this uh, uh, metaverse isn't working. We're laying off that whole department, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever the news was. I, I Just headlines is all I read. Uh, but so the market is anticipating this. But when it's a true surprise, you really get that extra magnitude. So, you know, today, um, what was it? uh Crocs Mo- and Mo- Mobileye. Mobileye was looking ready to break out and they reported earnings and it got crushed today. Yeah. So I don't want to take those risks. When does a true surprise, when it really catches the analyst off guard and the smart money,
0: then it can be, you know, a face ripping disaster in the other direction. Are you more likely to close a position out as it goes into earnings as opposed to putting one on into earnings? Um, I like uh, to to buy stocks several days before
1: the earnings because you often get that pre uh, you know, that drift in front of it. But as soon as like uh, Mondelez reported today, had to be out yesterday. There was just you know no question in my mind. I don't want to take that risk. Okay. But after the fact, once they gap up, you know I'll look at Meta and say I don't want to chase that thing up here. It's you know it was coming in this I was up one hundred fifty percent the last six months. So I look at it and say, something's going on there. I don't know what they said or what they're doing or what their sales are. It's Oreos. But people, is, is it Mo- Oreos? Modules, yeah. I thought it was the tw- Twinkies.
0: Oh, might be Twinkies. No, no, Twinkies no, is host- Twinkies. Yeah.
1: No, it's T-W-N-K.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's its yeah, own yeah, stock yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Right, right, right. Um, Modelies is like Ritz crackers No, and, you're uh, absolutely Oreos. right. But Brian, yeah.
2: you only trade stocks, right? Or do you trade I, other? I trade shit? ETFs. No, but I'm, I'm saying you don't do bonds or forex or.
1: Uh, no, no okay. forex. Okay. No, I I I dabble in futures once in a while and so, I always
0: regret it. So there's this thing that I say on TV, so you know it's true, but I really believe <laughs> this. Um, just just from my experience, like there's this concept. I don't blame TV for this, but there's this concept like, oh, you got to buy this for the earnings. Like I think a lot of re- so I say uh, I say amateurs trade. Earnings. Mm-hmm. Pros trade the reaction to earnings. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And that's what you're. That's kind of what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there, so I have a strategy for the day of earnings with a one minute chart and the and the volume weighted average price for the day. That's not my preferred time frame, though. Okay. I like to look at it maybe five, six, seven days later after it's kind of settled down. We we see it runs up for two days, pulls back three, four, five days, goes below that VWAP and then settles down, and then we get to see the real money emerge and say, okay we're in, we're going to turn on our programs. We're buying this into the next quarter. We're going to buy
0: that 50 million so shares. a week or so after the report.
1: Yeah. A week to 10 days. Yeah. So you okay. get a lot of choppiness around it. Sometimes they just take off, but that's unusual. And I end up missing
2: those. Brian, you are obviously, because this is your life, right? Like you are super committed to what you do. It's obviously yeah. your passion and you love it. What do you say to the, somebody or, or when people are like, yeah, I, I trade. Like I you know, and it's just they're just sort of winging it. Like it's almost comical that there's people that do
0: that. Oh, and they're like, "What do you do?" You're like, "I'm a trader." And they're, they're like, like, "Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me too." Yeah, me too. yeah, yeah. I, I
1: trade too. I say a little prayer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, let's talk about this week. So, this has been a great week for the market, and it's obviously being driven by earnings, and most of the the real explosions to the upside have been technology company earnings. You're uh uh, which one do you want to, what do you want right, to do first? So, I know so, we're waiting for Amazon. We'll so, get that later. So
2: before we start with the compass report, report, just at a high level, both of these uh, data points from Bespoke. So a Q1 earnings season, it's financials versus non-financials. That's like the big story. So non-financials, we've got an 83% EPS beat rate, 72% sales beat rate. Financials, only 57% EPS beat rate and only 46% sales beat rate. So it's, it's, it's financials and then there's everything else. Uh, Bespoke says it may not be an earnings apocalypse, but investors have generally been selling the news so far this season. That's before today. So they said, "Here's a good chart. Both EPS misses and beats have averaged one-day declines on their earnings reaction day this month. That's sort of interesting. So again, whether you're whether you're beating or missing, they're they're getting sold a little bit,
0: which I think like speaks to your concept of like we the earnings had- coming out." Whatever, but we just. Away, but, but, yeah. we,
2: but we, had a few strong weeks in the market, so it's not terribly surprising that they're selling the news a little bit.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought we were gonna, you know, before
2: today, I thought we were gonna sell off maybe another week or so and reset a little bit. But I told Josh Bears fumbled today. Yeah. I mean, they were looking like they were about to ready You're to right. score a touchdown, and Bulls are shoving it right up their ass. Well, we had
0: Dow down like three hundred something yesterday, and let being led lower by all the cyclical stocks, and right. so like that's your moment to press and they just they don't they don't have it. They it's pretty amazing
1: it. with all the banks blowing up and that and yeah. you know what and, else do and you biotechs want? look like garbage the Russell 2000 mm-hmm. looks terrible that you know the broader market can still manage to rally and you know people are talking about it's narrow it's it's a bunch of names but you know what then get in those names yeah. it, it doesn't have to be you know I I'm all about bottoms up stock first and if the market supports it, then I go in bigger size. But if the market doesn't support it, then I'm a little, you know, timid in terms of size. And that's why I've been trading
0: all year. Yeah. very think, little conviction. I think there's a lot of people that want the reinforcement of good internals. Yeah. And they want to feel like they're buying into a market where a lot of stocks are working. And I'm one of those people, but you just don't mm-hmm. always get that. Yeah. And there's not always some kind of signal there. It just, sometimes that's just what the market is doing. I think, so. yeah,
2: you, I always say like, you always say like, oh, this stock's priced to perfection or they beat the shit out of the stock. It can't keep going down. You find out what the expectations are the next day or when the stock opens. Because you really, you don't know what's implied in the price. You just don't know until you know. right? And so I think one of the reasons maybe why we've had a rally over the last couple of weeks is because, or why companies are doing well relative to earnings is because, you had, John, chart on, please. You had so many companies guide down over the last couple of quarters. So, Brian, oh, that that blue line, this is from that Davis. You see positive revisions, um, shifted fell by 12. All right, don't, don't, worry about, don't worry about the shift. But you see the, the blue line coming all the way down into 2023. That was companies revising their earnings downward. We had right. tons last year. It was nothing but negative guidance. Negative guidance. A lot of companies pulled forward guidance. They said, we're, just, we're not doing it anymore. And now you've got a surge in companies reaffirming, reaffirming positive guidance. Everything in the market is about expectations. So
1: they build the expectations too low, really, right? exactly. Because when you were saying the financials are 57%, I was surprised it's not 22%. Right. But they've already been cut down so much, I guess, that they overcut. Yeah, so
0: Meta, Google, Microsoft. um, uh, Google to a lesser extent. Meta and Microsoft, two gigantic stocks, both crushed their earnings expectations. And then you'll hear the bears say, Well, those are already lowered expectations. And it's like, who gives a shit? The
2: stock is doing what it's (laughs) doing. What pays, Brian, what pays? Price. Only price.
0: Only price. All right. Um, Let's talk about Meta very quickly. So 220 in earnings versus 202 expected. That's a big beat. For me, the bigger one was the revenue beat because that's where they're really struggling. Everyone understood if they fired all these people that they could start beating on earnings. But beating on revenue, you can't fire your way to beating beating on revenue. Yeah. So you're either growing or you're not. So they're not quite growing, but they're not shrinking anymore. Uh, Twenty eight point six five billion in revenue. Twenty seven point seven was expected. Uh, I think that's a really big part of why the stock had. How much did Face uh, Meta go up today? It's up, I think fourteen. products I bought fourteen percent on the I think day. So. Brian, it's a really big move. I this bought
2: Facebook yeah. Facebook's the only stock that I bought at the bottom. It's the first time ever. Like I caught the bottom in October.
1: How long did you hold
2: it? I sold it at two nineteen a week ago. Oh, well, and that's a great trade. Dude, I, it was like one of the best trades I've ever yeah. made. I was up $100. That's on 40, two, two, 240. 240, 240. The 240. reason 240 The reason why I sold it was because I just thought that the layoff trade was over, basically. Mm-hmm. I thought they got the benefit of all of that. Right. And I didn't really see this upset. And by the way, it's, it's all good. It was a great trade, so I'm, I'm not upset. Um, but uh, where am I going with this? Do we want to put those charts up? or w- Which charts?
0: Oh, uh, sure. Expenses as a percentage of revenue? So I think that the key thing here is that The playbook of firing people is like was enough for Wall Street. And now maybe it won't be enough going forward. Now, like, Wall Street wants to see growth again. And that's probably why Facebook had the outsized move. Well, so th- they
2: spoke about that. They said we ended the first quarter with over 70, th- 77,000. One by the way, I was just a quick plug. I was listening to this on the quarter app this morning on the way in. Quarter is now on desktop. It is fucking incredible. If and we're investors. Full disclosure. So if you listen to earnings calls, you got to check that out. All right. They said we ended the first quarter with over seventy seven thousand employees, down eleven percent from the fourth quarter, um, but employee employees that were impacted by March layoffs in March are still included in the first quarter headcount so that's going to come down they bought back over nine billion dollars of stock uh they've got two billion active daily users which is uh
0: where are they finding
2: kind of hilarious
0: where are they finding two billion people at this point like how many people are on it earth? was uh, so, seven
2: but but here's the thing it was up four percent or four percent on that number that's 77 million. Compared to last year. It's another 77 million people that they found. That's
0: nuts. The other thing they did that I think uh, was really bullish was they said, since they changed the algorithm for Reels, which is like their TikTok. I think Reels is is doing very well. They said engagement uh, is up 24%. So there was a big thing with Facebook where they were like terrified of TikTok. So they were going to start including people that you don't follow on your Instagram. So... Half of Wall Street said, what are you crazy? Like, pe- people are on Instagram to follow their family and friends and Kim Kardashian. They don't want you to start throwing shit in there. Like, people they don't follow. <laughs> Guess what? I love it. They did I, it and I people loved it. I and hate it that worked. I love it. I, I, love, I love it. it. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I, I'm, I, so I don't have TikTok, but I am on Instagram scroll. I'm like, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I love it. So so it worked. But they, they spoke about ad revenue, which is much stronger than I expected. I thought we were in an ad recession. They said with ad revenue, the online e-commerce vertical was the largest contributor to year over year growth, followed by healthcare and entertainment. However, other verticals remain challenged, which financial services, hardly a surprise and technology being the largest negative contributors. But in the rest of the world, it was 9%. Growth, which is pretty strong, North America and North America was six. Uh, the pretty way, good.
0: The way an ad recession really works, though, is that like I know you Facebook's the last, last. one that you abandoned because it because it actually works. So they, that's they, what they say. It's, yeah,
2: they, they, I got, a, I, got a, I got a mosquito. Sorry, they spoke about you're just letting, uh, misti- you're just letting insects come into the studio. Duncan, what's Duncan? happening? I got I'm I mosquito. Some DDT. So <laughs> did you listen to the earnest call? No, no. So all right. So Mark said I knew you would. Mark said beyond AI, the other major technology we have that we're focused on is the metaverse. Nah. So, so before I no, no but listen, but listen, they're not, f-ing around. like they're not, they're not leaving it. So where's that number of mentions? Where is this? Who has this? Uh, transcript has this. Okay. So metaverse in the last three quarters, they mentioned it eight times, six times, then nine times. Nice. AI went from 17 to 23 to 44. So they imagine uh, why. No, but listen, but here, here's what he said. Uh, He said, where is this? Pardon me. He said, a narrative has developed that we're somehow moving away from focusing on the metaverse vision. So I just want to say up front, that is not accurate. We've been focusing on both AI and the metaverse for years now, and we will continue to focus on both. Skip to the end. He said, now the term, all right, whatever. Um, They're not not stopping.
0: Yeah, but nobody's paying attention to it anymore, which is good. Because that's what crushed the stock. I think- the day they changed the name might have been the high price. I think I saw something, I think so. Like, so, was, something yeah. like that. Something um, like that. Do they change the name of the company to AI? Why not?
1: It, it already exists, right? What, whatever
0: like the yeah. next buzzword is, they should just keep changing the name of the company.
1: There, there's companies that do that. That one AI is being accused of that. I don't know if you saw SoundCloud that last AI? week. Uh, the no, ticker? Uh, is, is it? I'm sorry. C3. AI? C3, C3 AI. C3, yeah. yeah, C3. Yeah. They've been accused that they've you know been... On the bandwagon, we're we're a crypto company. Oh, hey, now we're AI. And we used to see that all the, the short time sellers the were saying stuff. that. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. With that being said, allow me to introduce RedHole AI. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you like that one? All right, uh, let's do these charts, and then we'll get out of this topic. Uh, John, put up the first price chart: Meta, Alphabet, Microsoft. These aren't your type of charts, though, Brian. No, no. I don't know you're, these are these are percentage uh, percentage return. I think, yeah. Uh, but these are big moves, right? And they're holding and they're, it. And Enormous, they're ga- yeah. and they're gappy as and shit. And they're holding it. Uh gaps are tough for for traders. I yeah. mean, they're fun if you're on the right side of them. Yep. But they change patterns often or they change trends. They can. Yeah. Um so what's your what's your attitude toward getting into a stock after a gap? Is that something that you see the opportunity in or do you just leave those alone and Wait, focus bro, on frustrated? Wait, Brian, I just want enough? to
2: answer before you answer cuz yes. this here's what here's what I've said. I think professionals buy gaps. Meaning the average the average investor would never gaps buy up gapped up the average investor if Facebook goes up fourteen percent today and finishes at the highs of the day on super volume the average trade would be like F- I missed it right that's where professionals are actually buying because they're not afraid do you agree with that
1: I, I do there's a lot of funds that do that and you can see it in the VWAP I mean we're kind of flat from the the volume weighted average price today so we are basically just below the average price for the day. So it's maybe getting a little bit more profit-taking because right. we, we've had such an enormous run in the stock. It's up nearly 200% now since the lows yeah. in November. That's um, crazy. I, I like it again, you know, several days later mm. because then we can see who's really has control. And, and it's one of the best places to place an anchor to measure the volume weighted average price from because it tells us 100% are the buyers or sellers in control? It's not a nebulous concept. It's not a, you know, weird candlestick formations or, you know, projections with Fibonacci and that. It's actual supply and demand. So that ends up being one of the best places to find trades several days later. And so to continue to answer your question earlier, I like earnings season for that because it reveals what are the best stocks to trade the next three months, and where the
2: conviction is,
0: right? Are you a are you a believer of the maxim all gaps must get filled? No, okay, but people say that they. Why do they, Why do people think that? Somebody said it. I
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I the, say it the, tongue people, in cheek, but, people, but a lot people, of gaps. I think most gaps get filled. I really do. Eventually, yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of the gaps that were you know from twenty twenty from the COVID lows, they only got filled three months ago. Yeah, right. So if you were waiting to buy that stock. Now you're buying it at the same price, but it's you know went up three hundred percent and down ninety percent. Now you're buying that. Oh, gap you can't
2: you can't selling. make money with that ethos. But I no. do feel like eventually all gaps get the filled funda- for the most the part. Fundamental the part. fundamental yeah.
0: theory behind that is that the comp whatever call co- they're they're usually torment gaps down, not always, but um, the idea is that the company's going to get its shit together and regain its prior price at some point. Oh, you're I
2: see gonna- it. It gaps up too. I'm not, I'm not biased which way, but. <laughs> Brian, getting back to the statement that I made, would you agree with the following? Professional traders, investors are not afraid to buy a stock that's up 30% over the last or, six months. Or all-time highs. But no. where, where is the average investor? Be like, shit, I missed it. I can't buy it here.
1: Yeah, I I, I would agree with that.
2: You got to buy it when it's on sale. Loser! i <laughs> <laughs> no, buy they Duncan, you and
0: me both. You and me both. We're of the same mind. Well, wait a minute. Because the average retail punter in the stock market... Hat, falls prey to the gambler's fallacy, which is standing in front of the roulette table. It's black, it's black, it's black. They're like, okay, five be red. five yeah. times black, six has no, to be red. No, but also
2: they're told buy low, sell high. Right. Without Both under, of those two things. Without understanding right. that buying low, there's a very good reason why stocks are going down.
0: When you see a stock making a new high, making a, a new all-time high, regardless of where it came from, which right. is another thing that retail people fix on, right. fixate on that pros don't necessarily or shouldn't, when you see that, st- somebody is buying that stock at an all-time high right. for a reason. It's not randomly at an all-time high. It's on a, at an all-time high because there's a lot more buyers uh, than sellers, and it's pros. I don't, I don't think retail buys record highs in but, general. They don't, no way. It,
2: you know, they think, because they're afraid of getting rugged. They think something bad happens at the top. No, 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 Something bad happens when stocks are going down.
1: Right, Well, all the bad news comes out at the bottom. All the good news comes out at the top. Those are things. There's different kinds of gaps. There's a common gap. It's just, you know, gap, normal order imbalance each day. Those get filled. Then there's three- Event gaps. Technical analysis gaps called the breakaway gap, the running gap, and the exhaustion gap. The breakaway gap seldom gets filled. You see a stock go sideways for a year, year and a half. A big surprise on earnings comes. The stock is up 10, 15% on massive volume. That'll get filled in three years after the product cycle, and the you know the whole cycle is right. filled. The measuring gap is somewhere in between, halfway through, and then the exhaustion gap is just like this. You know, that's all that good move, news. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So exhaustion gap is a stock that's been going up for three years, and anyone that wants to buy it at this point has bought it. Yeah, and then there's just like that last um mania to get in a the shorts getting squeezed too. Actually you know, there's a lot of short recovery.
2: I think you'll be proud of me. I've banged my head against the wall trading so many times. So I wanted to buy I, I can't remember if I sold Netflix before the earnings, if I wanted to buy it, but I didn't. And I was like, I just hope it doesn't go up 15%. I think you bought and sold it so that you would be right. So listen, so this was this was Different Netflix accounts. This was this was Netflix in October. And sure enough it gapped up 15 Brian, look at me. It, are we, are we, it gapped okay, up 15%. Right. <laughs> It got to fifty percent here. Me. No, but listen, and it closed the gap, and I bought it when it closed the gap, and really? then I was off. So to the hungry for
0: your validation, Brian. Of, please, of this Brian. Trade. Please no hug idea. me. <laughs>
2: please hug me. What you did there was just beautiful. Can you beautiful. just high five him? So hold on, can hold move on. on,
1: hold on. Let him finish. Okay. It's beautiful. What? It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that, and I've been doing this a long time. We'll, we'll talk. I, I got to. I have a few things to teach you.
2: You feel better now. So much. Brian says you're a good trader.
0: All right. Uh, are we done on earnings? Can we? Can we? What, uh, what else are we doing on this?
2: No, I think we're good. I think we're good. We're good. We've got Amazon after the bell. So Brian, it's about to get. It's about to go down. Michael's going to react big on um, on Amazon. Let me no, see. but but wait, we've got, we've got what's Amazon's ripping today? It's up five percent. Looks like it's breaking out. All right. Wish me luck. Google, um, how big, you're long I'm, Amazon. I'm long into dude. Print. I am with you. I, like I mean, it. I'm not with you, but I I'm in spirit. I'm not long the stock, but I hope it goes up.
0: Uh, Brian, you blessing that trade. I'm going to bless that trade. Okay.
2: But wait, hold on. Last thing we'll on, last know, thing on, we'll, know, we'll know in a last minute. Last thing all right, this is important. So yesterday, Microsoft gapped up. It closed basically where it opened. I don't know if it was, it was a, a, what was it, 8% yesterday, 5%, wherever it was. It, uh, it, is that an abandoned baby doji? <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, when you see a, when you see a stock like Microsoft, one of the biggest stocks in the world, go up 5%, mm-hmm. hold the gap, it's up another 3% today, that's not bearish.
1: It's got a beautiful chart. I mean, it's in an uptrend. It's doing what it's supposed to do in an uptrend. It's above the rising 10, 20, 30, 40-week moving average. It's got a pattern of higher highs and higher lows. It's They're executing beautifully, and the market's rewarding. These
0: it. are also the biggest stocks in the world. It's crazy. With these big moves. Yeah. Which is why the whole market's doing what it's doing today. It
1: is. And, and a lot of the little ones have just been, you know, they break out. And then they fail three days later. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Which is frustrating.
2: Many. Spotify did that. I own Spotify.
1: that That's, I mean, look at the Russell 2000. That, that explains awful. it,
0: right? It's terrible. So you wanted to you wanted to do this as a theme, actually, Michael. No, uh, it's Brian. those Brian's stuff. Okay. So- but Wait, hold on.
2: L- last thing. I'm sorry I keep interrupting. But as we get into, before we get to Brian's theme, how do you think about markets that are working versus markets that aren't versus when you're trading? Like, I know you don't get bullish or bearish based on economics, but like- mm-hmm. I'm sure it, for you, especially more than anyone, it's easy to identify whether we're in an a, a, a environment that's conducive where the the wind is at your back right. versus markets where it's shit, You, everything gets faded. How would you describe the state of the market right now? This is a terrible answer,
1: right? You're gonna hate me for this answer, but we're still kind of stuck. We had, you know, the stage two uptrend, stage three distribution, that took, you know, that was our topping process. We went through the decline last year. We're feeling the after effects of that now. And it I just, I, I wish it would just turn around and break out like Microsoft, every stock would do that. But we're seeing so many stocks still- We are stuck, it's sideways. It, yeah. That's my point. Someone yesterday at the uh, CMT conference, I wish I could give prop, uh, credit where it was due, said we're in a technical torture box. Was that Buffett? Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was Munger, maybe. Um, um, wait, wait. What's the technical God. torture box? Doing nothing, just yeah. going sideways, chopping yeah, back and forth. I, yeah, because nobody's satisfied. Yeah, nobody. Nobody ends. you're no, that happy is the for answer. a day. That's the right answer. It, right. So, but we're building for the next move. Fortunately well, for me, on my time frame, I don't really have to consider that so much because we, we you know, we get a nice ten percent rally. We have a four percent decline. There's opportunities in both of those.
0: So there's a reason for the torture box. That's that is an economic reason. Uh, not like prediction of the economy, but just, uh, the money supply drying up that's like, that will put, put a lid on stocks. So even you have companies reporting pretty good earnings. The beat rate is high this quarter on revenue and on earnings, but if there's less money to go around, it's hard for stocks in general. You right. could have some stocks make a lot of progress, but for the asset class, um, this is Barron's money supply measured by M2. Mm. This sums up currency coins and savings deposits held by banks um, and uh, uh, balances in retail money market funds and all everything that you would consider to be part of the money What's supply. What's it down year over year? Um, data for March released Tuesday afternoon, so two days ago, showed a negative growth rate of 4%. And it's never down. Versus yeah. a year ago and right. the biggest year over year decline on record. It, so yeah, that, it never falls. Yeah. Uh, that's double the 2.3% drop experienced in February, and it's more than twice January's 1.62% fall. So M2 has now contracted on an annual basis for four straight months. Dude, we keep talking That's, about it. Hold on. That's never happened Ever. since they started tracking yeah. this never in 1959. Falls. So that'll that'll give you a torture box. Yeah. Because where is the incremental dollar to get invested? It's 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 vanishing. Like physically. But wait,
2: hold on. What will what will the narrative be if we break out of this torture box?
0: Uh, then I'll just I'll edit this out, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just I'm just describing a condition that you don't have to believe in it. It's real. But now. I am it, being. It makes ex- sense. I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense. So I look at the headlines and I
1: say that makes sense. But then I look at what price action is doing and I say I can't hang my hat on what makes sense. The you know two years ago the 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 mantra was we have all this money supply sloshing around, right? And it was true. We were seeing still expansion of monetary, uh, of money and now it's contracting. Where does it go? Where people pulling it out of stocks? I mean, it's, it's gotta find a place and money goes where it's treated best. It's not being treated best in the stock market right now. It's not being treated best in, I, I guess real estate is good,
2: but um, there's nowhere really, what's the alternative? I mean, I don't want to anticipate this breakout of the S&P, but that's looking bullish, man. I agree. <laughs> like, and- It is. No, for real, it no, is. And I, know I, I I'm, I'm beating is. a dead horse. Every f***ing week, I say the same thing. Why is the stock market not going down? In fact, not only is it not going down, you could argue it's going up. And I know the Russell's there weak, There are some but-
0: environments where it's just better off to have no opinion at all about, like, the environment and just trade price. I know know you would argue that's most of the time, but like right now, especially. Especially now. Yeah, Yeah, because that's what the charts are dictating.
1: When we're in an uptrend, it's so much fun. I love being a trader in an uptrend. Apple! It it makes it so easy.
2: Apple, doing the thing. Apple. So if we get Amazon strong tonight, is Apple tonight? No, 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 Apple's next week. week. If we get a strong Amazon tonight, we already got strong Meta, strong, strong Google, strong Microsoft. If we get strong Amazon, strong Apple, market's going. Or... Well, the Nasdaq certainly is, and the semiconductors are supporting it. They
1: look like they're on the verge of breaking down. They hit a key level the other day. Wait, and, the semis and, do? SMH. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, it does not look good.
2: But Q's are breaking out, and they're going. The Q's Q's look good. As long as am, Amazon and Apple doesn't shut the bed, we're going. You can't argue with price. Um, let's do hang the, on. Hang on. Let's why do can't short. you wait? Why can't you argue with price?
1: Okay, from from a trader's perspective, you can't argue with price. We're we're always arguing with price when we. Buy a stock. We're saying no. That's wrong. I'm smarter. It's going to go higher. You can't get stubborn in your argument with price. Is probably the better way to say. It. You
0: got to
2: cry uncle if you're Brian, wrong, Ryan. But yeah. that's
0: not the same thing as saying the price is always right because the price is always wrong. The price is just reality. This is where buyers and sellers are transacting. The price acting. is
1: wrong, bitch. No, no, no. But Amazon's up three or so right now. Four, five. Oh, oh right eight. now?
0: Yeah. Let's go. All right. I'm retired. half and a half. Six. Uh, let's do your chart. So th- this I is- I thought it was
2: four o'clock. That happened fast. This
0: is, if they didn't scare you out in 2022, they will likely wear you out in 2023. So what are, what are we looking at here? Th-
1: that's that's the S&P 500. That's a SPY weekly chart. And just regularly- That's last
0: year in the box.
1: That's uh, 2022. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that was- I wrote, I did that in January and I said, you know, here's a likely scenario that we need time to correct. Mm -hmm. We've had a price correction. Now we need time to kind of, you know, see new ownership in the market, let it flatten out and get a solid base of support. What a beat. Sorry. 118. Yeah.
2: Huge beat. (laughs) Huge beat. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Are the numbers good besides Uh, the stock? Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm I'm very excited. Keep
1: going. Um, so it just it needs time. Typically, it needs time. The V rebirth, the V bottom reversal that everyone's Dad, looking for aren't really happening. It's over. So you look at last year's leaders. You look at Zoom. You look at Coinbase. You look at PayPal. They're still garbage. They're yeah, they still, still look terrible. Still in this sideways. If they don't scare you out, they'll wear you out. Is the way I learned it, and and I think that's. Likely for this market, I think we're gonna. You know, if the market breaks out, if this S and P breaks out, I think it's gonna probably pop back down, and you got to be ready for a failed. Another the-
2: double beat by Amazon. Operating income estimates at three billion. They f- crushed it. Four point seven. Se- stop up, not, up nine and percent,
0: and it had an up five percent day. Yeah, going into this. yeah.
2: Sorry, bears. It's up. Yeah, fifteen percent. Holy from- shit! All right. it's, all right. So it's there.
0: On. I mean, there are whole years and even whole decades where it's just chop. It doesn't feel like it at the time because you have, like, bull markets, you have bear markets. Yeah. But, like, there is a scenario where the fastest rate hike cycle ever leads to just a choppy, shitty market for an extended period of time that wears people down. Mo- yeah. Not even financially. It wears people down, like, uh, emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. They either They either get really aggressive because they're frustrated or they just they lose interest.
1: You know, it's been happening to me, too, recently. I've been, you know, getting involved in trades and telling Alpha Trend subscribers, sorry, I'd love to bring you, like, a high-conviction trade, but I just don't feel it in this market. So, I'm suggesting you take a third of your normal risk unit. It sucks, but it's better than, you know, losing big. So— I've been feeling that same frustration myself, and I'm starting to wonder. Well, maybe this is a contrary indicator, right? So you start yeah. thinking, well, if I'm getting worn out, and I knew this was going to happen, maybe we're near the end of that wear out cycle. Mm. But I, I, I
0: don't think we are. Part of what part of what these people are counting on you for is to give them that truth, like because you're because you want to keep them like alive, right? You don't want them to blow themselves up. So you giving them that, like, hey, I want to make money too. This is just not the right tape to be doing what you want to be doing. It's I, not about having fun.
2: Flami talks about that all the time. Like, if yeah. it's – know the
1: tape. Yeah. The market's healthy two or three times a year. He's – yeah. Um, so my – my Joe,
0: Joe, just go to Vegas for a month. <laughs> right. I'm not trading right now. <laughs> no. Go
1: hang out with Slash.
0: I'm going to go hang out with Guns N' Roses.
1: My three goals are to help people make money, help right. them avoid losing money, and to educate them. Okay. And, and give them a process, and so they can make it their Let's own. Let's look at this understanding
0: market structure. Is this this is from the new book or no? This that's, is from that's the original. That's
1: a, uh, yeah, that's a watered down version of an infographic I did. I like this though, and yeah, it just kind of tells you that you know where are we in the overall market. So you can you walk
0: us through these four? Would you call them phases?
1: Yeah. Okay. So these are the four market stages of the market. This is okay. Stan Weinstein's work, and. Uh, stage one is maybe where we are right now.
0: Who's so, Stan Weinstein? Stan Weinstein's dentist? a tech uh, – oh. what? My <laughs> dentist? Yeah. Now, who is it? Uh, I thought he was your rabbi. No, he is my rabbi. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, Stan Weinstein's who is that? Is an old-time money manager, okay. um, technical analyst. He, okay. he was on like with Ru, uh, Kaiser and all that stuff. Okay. So we might be coming out – see how it's a tur- you know going from red to yellow? Yeah. Well, at the end of stage four, of prior decline, we need time to rinse and and get new ownership. The new leaders will emerge and show who they are. It could be last year's leaders, which it looks like it is, you know, Amazon and Google again. And then in the stage two uptrend, that's when stocks are innocent till
0: proven guilty. I don't want to- Wait, so the first phase, accumulation, the market doesn't make a lot of progress, but that's the time that the market needs to heal.
1: Yeah, that's okay. when value investors should be buying and start building that base. The worn out, you know, growth fund managers who, as as they get fired and a new manager comes right. and takes over, right, right. he's getting rid of all this garbage, selling it to the, uh, you know, value guy. And then, you know, new value, new uh, growth guys start saying, hey, you know, six to months, nine months down the road, this could get going. So in stage one, two, one, three, they're going to start building that. Fifty million share position that they need, and then that's how you get lift off. And you get lift off because yep. they've absorbed all that supply. The company comes out with a positive earnings surprise. All the momentum people chase it. The shorts who were stubbornly stuck in there start to reevaluate, and then we start to see that's the emergence of a trend. And would that can-
0: you say like? Um, would you say this year has felt most like this first stage accumulation because no IPOs? Yes. Right, like yeah, the, and that's a good
1: sign because right. we don't have
0: the the money the supply, supply isn't there. right? Right. Uh, all right. So the second stage is called markup. Markup. And, and what goes on? So what that's goes a bull on? Market. Now? That's okay. a bull market. We're like above all the moving averages.
1: Market. They're all rising. You know, people create bad habits and start buying dips and thinking that they're
0: smart. That's twenty twenty one.
2: That's twenty twenty one. Yeah. And yeah. Josh know, thought he was super smart in twenty one. I, oh, I we really all did. Oh God, we I really did.
0: did. I will again. Uh, all right, so we know what that looks and feels like, and that's it's easy, but it's it's too easy, and it introduces all kinds of risk because people get bigger in yeah. position size, question, margin
2: balances grow. Well. Right? Where does news fit in here? Because this week mm-hmm. we just saw Amazon, so we had Amazon again. To reiterate, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. I don't know if fantastic is too strong of a word, but clearly fantastic relative to expectations. Where does economic news, earnings news fit into this cycle?
1: Well, I mean, you can look at Apple, I mean, uh, Amazon. Amazon just had a beat, apparently. Um, and it's up because I blessed it, if you remember.
0: That's right, that's true. <laughs> you did. <laughs> He did.
1: So we're possibly at the new stage of this markup. It's above the 200-day moving average, the 50-day moving average is rising, the 20-day moving average is rising. Microsoft, Meta, we've got the same story in those stocks. In fact, I would prefer of all these stocks, if I had to buy a new one right now, I think Amazon or Microsoft is probably best because Meta's had the big run. But we're still in that bullish cycle, and news and surprises follow the trend. So we're starting to see confirmation of the people who were looking at this six months ago, nine months ago, and buying it. And as it pulls back, so today they might be selling a little bit. You know, they have 50 million shares. So let's sell a million shares, and as it pulls back in the next five days, let's support the stock. We'll put yeah. in a bid, and and they help create the trends, and it runs two standard deviations. They'll sell 2 million shares down, and they'll replace it with 500,000 shares. So that by the time it's up to that distribution, you know, the, the, the old ads sell when you can, not when you have to, then you start to see you know, we're getting a little bit more aggressive. We're getting, people start selling into the good news, and people are like, why isn't it going up? It's so good. The earnings so are so good. That's and, when
0: you're getting into the distribution phase. And that's the distribution when they're selling good news. Yes.
2: But so we just started maybe the accumulation phase. Pull up a chart of Microsoft. Everyone look at Microsoft right now. Microsoft is the first or second biggest company in the entire world. Just technically, I'm not talking about. Uh, anything other than price action, buyers mm-hmm. and sellers. Yeah. Holy shit, this looks bullish. It, it sure does. It, it's There's nothing And don't be mad at me if this, this fails, but or, like...
0: or Right, or it gets back to November 21 peak and it fails. Totally can. Yeah, totally there's can. nothing wrong with that. Of course that. It can. That's a great rally from here. Yeah. This, uh,
1: this, you know, here's what happened too, if you can look uh, at it. Show this. me your screen. Why am I turning mine this around? Is, this is the Microsoft daily chart. That's the high in 2021, uh, 2020. That's the anchored volume weighted average price off of that high. So that purple line, see how resistance, it? resistance, resistance,
2: found support,
1: right. it found support. It's flipped. We know with hundred percent certainty that the average short seller is losing money during this, from this decline, the average price, that's the average price since that high. So the average short seller is losing money. The average long now feels good about it. hundred percent certainty buyers are in control now from that point from the purely on
0: point. vwap like you know where the trades are taking place but this yeah. thing there's no, yeah. it's, there's, it's there's, no there's, there's no there's no uh,
2: opinion here no i'm not saying that i'm bullish on microsoft it's the market is <laughs> no. it's right. not me That's, so is, is vwap something that is available on more or less every trading service at this point for the, people that are that don't yeah
1: use this it? is tc2000 they have it on uh uh this is tc2000 they have it on um, what's tc2000 that sounds super sophisticated yeah, it sounded super sophisticated in 1985.
0: <laughs> you're still you're still using the same quote service and stuff that you always used.
1: Um, I switched to them in 2015 because they built the anchored view app for me.
0: Oh wow, okay. yeah,
1: it was really cool. So the, the, these I guys, I still remember
0: my it. first my uh, Quotron. Yeah, I still remember the Quotron. There's I had nothing one of those, Tron I, about one, it. One of
1: those little handheld ones for a while.
0: <laughs> those were futuristic. Um, let's do this. Let's do this retail. Uh, uh, chart, uh, quarterly equity and ETF purchases, individual investors.
2: Way, this is this is X 401ks, X retirement. Amounts. These are just people that are buying ETFs and equities. I spoke about this with Ben. I an know. Let's, let's give the listeners and what, what's I'm, in here. Shush, I'm going. Okay. I, can't, I can't understand what's happening here. The chart that we're looking at is. Going back to around 2014, you've got the quarterly equity ETF purchases. And then, of course, we remember what happened in the pandemic. Everyone became an investor. You have this giant spike. And you would just think that given the nasty bear market and all of the shit that they were buying, that they would have gone away. They didn't go away. They haven't even – I mean it's completely holding its 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 uh, volume or whatever it is. So I don't really know what to make of this. I guess, Brian, I would ask you- well, give- Wait, so let's tell people what we're looking at. I just did. No, you're not You always the, do this. I, oh, like, I just told give them, them. the numbers. <laughs> What's the, the <laughs> difference? It's a big number.
0: Because this is an audio program for like half I of just the-
2: told them that it was a line that was going sideways that exploded. Right, take a
0: beat. Retail bought a net 77.7 7 billion in equities and ETFs on US exchanges in Q1. That's some trails- only the first quarters of twenty one and twenty two, when they bought about eighty billion, so they're buying almost eighty billion dollars worth of ETFs and stocks every quarter. Is is the chart and
2: and what was the number prior? It's well, like that's 20. the point. It was so like twenty. It, it was
0: it no it, lower. Look, it's like ten. It's like ten. Like 10. So, but they haven't left. It's crazy. So where are they getting the firepower to keep buying if we're saying money supply is shrinking? Where yeah. where are these funds coming from? Listen, but they, this keep is, at, they keep at it. This is
2: just one of a million contradictions that we're seeing in yeah. the data. But Brian, my question to you is, have you seen a change in how you think the market is behaving based on the influx of zero-day to expiration options, based on retail investors like if you, knew, if you didn't know any of this and you're just looking at the screens, which is I know what you're doing, mm-hmm. do you think the market is trading differently today than it was, say, f- five years ago? Five years ago? No. Um, you know, during the
1: HFT process, and that was back in Coronado when you first—one you, one of your best quotes back then was yeah. the way to beat high-frequency traders is to be a low-frequency trader. Great, great was, quote. Right, yeah. And— Back then, I was fighting it every day, and it was so choppy and frustrating. But now that the algorithms are in there, and the bottom line is that the the institutions use the anchored VWAP for their orders— Um, they are in there every day with these orders. So they make it a little bit more predictive, not not predictable, but easier to see what those patterns are and to place higher probability trades. Are
0: Are there enough algorithms now where they're canceling each other out and not as important as they seemed during, I know from a volume perspective, they're as important, but that 2010 through 2012 era where everyone on Twitter was a conspiracy theorist and there, was, there were some real abuses going on with servers that were, you know, uh, uh, jumping in front of retail. Or, right. And I'm sure there still are today. Yeah. But there are so many operators now, um, high-frequency trading algorithms. It's almost like background noise, and people don't seem as upset about it as they used to be.
1: No, I think that back then it was the race to zero to get the the fastest order. But now everyone's kind of on a level playing field again. So that got arbed out of the market. Okay. Whenever there's a
0: real edge like that. That race is not profitable anymore. Right. Almost the minute Michael Lewis put his book out, like it almost didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. So so it's not quite though, this thing where machines are stealing from retail and people don't seem to be as upset as they used to.
1: Yeah, maybe they're just hiding it a little bit better. Oh, okay. Because they're, they're, you know, why is Citadel the most profitable firm who does thirty-five percent of all listed trading? Yeah, you know, they're they're he not just doing bought it. like
0: a quarter of Miami. Someone <laughs> see, yeah,
1: someone just told me, you know, we always get the worst fills with Citadel, so so we drop them. Okay. And. But that's don't sue me, Ken. That's their bit, <laughs>
2: right? You're. F- so Amazon, here's the numbers. Revenue up nine percent, online stores flat, physical stores up seven percent, third party sellers up eighteen, subscription up fifteen, advertising up twenty-one. Remember we spoke about that the other day? Yeah. And then that's not a small number either. AWS up 16, EBIT up 30. So there we go. They're rocking. All
0: right. I like it. Maybe Jeff Bezos doesn't come back after I all. I guess not. Um, I was saying some wild shit on TV about that. What were you saying? Uh, I don't remember, but it was— it was. You
2: said he was uh, watching Tame Paula and wearing a Hummingbird shirt.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm I'm a huge fan of Jeff's. I was basically saying, like, the, the stock has sucked since he left. It's not the new guy's fault. Right. He, like, left right in the middle of the pandemic, exactly. and they were never going to repeat those numbers again. Right. Um, but if the new guy doesn't get the stock to start moving— it's not like Jeff is just going to be out there, like, hanging out on cruise ships. Like, he's going to come back.
2: But the stock are cut in half, no? Yeah. Yeah. Horrible.
0: Um, what's this chart? What's, what's the alpha tr- uh, trends chart? Let's set this up. This is— uh, okay,
1: Here's a couple of VWAPs. Okay. All right. So this is the NASDAQ year-to-date. Um, that green line is right at the beginning of the year, and that's the volume-weighted average price anchored to the beginning of the year. So you see, we had that huge run in January. It pulled back to that volume-weighted average price, and there were buyers there waiting for it. It didn't happen all at once, but that was where – We saw this is the triple Qs, the buyers, yeah. Okay, and and then you know the new momentum campaign began there where that purple line is. So you add that purple line not on that day because we you know it might have continued to fall, but three to four days later when it became apparent that the buyers had regained control, you put that anchor on there. And wait, what is the purple uh, line? The purple purple is is the the volume weighted average price anchored from looks like maybe March fifteenth. The new anchor,
2: keep up. You got to anchor the anchor. No, 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 it's a It's a new, it's a new momentum anchor. campaign, yeah.
0: basically. So the green line you're anchoring to a date, the start of the to year. To the low, yeah, yeah. yep. Okay, uh, oh, it happens to, to have been the low so also. So Brian's saying
2: right. where, showers, where, where, where uh, buyers show up, you set a new anchor. Right. right? Once so, you get a new momentum campaign like right. we have now. So you started over there. So let me, so a lot of people, not a lot of people say, critics of technical analysis will say, it's all voodoo, it's all bullshit, sure. hocus pocus, magic, whatever, make believe. But you're saying there are, Fundamental reasons that VWAP works, not in the not in the sense of fundamental right. analysis, but literal people that are allocating big pools of capital, like traders at mutual funds, are actually looking at VWAP. Yes, hundred percent. Like that, no, no bullshit. No bullshit. It, it, can you go go ahead two slides
1: to that, uh, Ken Griffin, because that really sums it up. That this, yeah. You know. So Ken Griffin last year the guy made four one billion dollars. He just bought half of
0: Miami personally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's personally. before taxes.
2: Uh, before taxes, before taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't pay taxes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is he, a schmuck? <laughs> okay, we pay taxes. Right, uh, four point one billion, and you're saying that's the most of any hedge fund manager Ever. in history in he, one year. Right. And he's Juan always number one. Numbers. He's
2: always number one, right, or number two? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so, anyways, when when GameStop was occurring. They brought him out, if you remember, and uh, Gabe Plotkin and those guys, and yeah. the, you know so Congress was on the other side
0: of every trade.
1: Right. In fact, he said, "Our firm does 35 percent of listed volume today. Virtually all the trades executed by institutional investors are in the form of program trade, such as VWAP." The guy said this in front of Congress when he when the when the guy who makes the most money ever tells you what his strategy is and how they're executing orders. You got to listen.
0: So he said he that- He was talking about VWAP. He was talking Congress. about VWAP. I, right. I was like- This is the first time I'm It should have been, no. been you. No. should have that, been you. That's
2: why That's why I took it in there. It's, but I'm not doing 35% of the volume. He covered volume. your song.
0: He stole, he stole yeah. your whole shit out. No, he's, now he's, 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 he's my- No, he's
2: he's an Alpha Trends tribute band. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a subscriber. I've convinced right. him.
0: All right, all right. I like it. So, so anyways, anyways, he's telling you that VWAP is one form of the types of program trading that are now dominating the whole market. Correct. So how could you not pay attention? Right. And yet That's the only strategy he mentioned was VWAP.
1: Algorithms such as VWAP. Okay. And the and then he went on, he went on to say VWAP orders are a part of a day, they could be a week, they could be a month. And I also know that they're also on a year yearly basis. That's why when we pull back to that year to date anchored volume weighted average price, there's buyers waiting who felt like, hey, we can't chase when it's extended, but now we're at that average price again. Let's start buying. That's so, really
0: interesting. So this is not specifically about day trading. This is no these, these prices are important to the market makers. Yes. So they should be important to you. Right. Okay.
1: So in, in the, the chart we just had those Qs, that was as of yesterday's close. And now today, I mean we we came right down to that VWAP from the other one. Yeah. From and you know, now we're up with three percent today in the Nasdaq, and and going tomorrow with with these earnings as well. So, so yesterday's
0: it, puke was bought. It bought
1: exactly at that place.
0: That's really interesting. It, it, there, I don't think most buyers. people. I don't think most people understand this at all. No, they don't. Okay, that's that's really fascinating. I, I, that's
1: why I wrote a book about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get to, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to the book. Well, let's do the semi chart. Uh, SMH, John, thank you. Okay. This looks like a mess. I I understand that.
1: I, I wanted This to, is
2: hocus pocus. Th- this looks like <laughs> hocus pocus,
1: but we, if we break it down, I promise. So we've got the semiconductors from October of last year. And the mantra always is buy the dip, right? And you would have made money buying the dip. That's those red, uh, you know, highlighted areas. Yep. But the problem is, you know, you if you're buying it, that second one, you know, it drops from 236
0: down to... Well, you don't know where the dip. You don't know where the dip ends.
1: Yeah, how, how smart do you feel? You're down 10% yeah. in, in a week and a half. Yeah. So you're you're going to end up puking it down there. Instead, wait for the volume weighted average price from the prior low and the prior high, the red and green, to come together and say, okay, this is an area where maybe it's going to find support. Let's watch here and watch then how we, it acts. Watch how it acts. And we yeah. want to buy strength after the dip. So we buy that little green dot right there. And we don't want to buy the so breakout. It's not the low.
0: It's you're, not the low. You're no. You're buying after it's already bounced off of that VWAP. It, you're almost like that's your confidence moment. Here's what with, it
2: is it's a frame of reference, Donnie. Now,
0: it's a frame of reference. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's. I call it a level of
1: interest. Oftentimes it level does of become interest. support. Right. But when it got back above that red one where the green light is, uh, the green dot, it basically is a green light to buy. It's and saying it gapped. It, it's saying the average price from that second red dot, the average short seller is now losing money. The average long is making money. So the buyers, we know 100% certainty are in control here. doesn't mean they're going to maintain control. So we set a stop. But then you get involved at that 210 level, 209, and you get that beautiful 10 to uh, move. Well, the red dot, sorry, Michael, uh, those are the people buying the breakout.
0: So don't buy the breakout either. Buy strength after the dip. It's so funny because I know how this is going to resolve. I don't know which direction, but like, look, look at this most recent setup. So the semis look terrible this week. Right. They're going down while tech is going up. They're going down while these tech giants are going higher. And then Nvidia comes out with earnings and that's the biggest market cap. What does that report in the SMH? Is that next week? I think it's the second week in May. Okay. It's like the 10th or the 11th. I could be wrong. Um, but the point is, like, if any stock in the SMH is going to move the SMH, it, yeah. it's going to be NVIDIA. Yep. And it could be, it's binary. Like, that stock, yeah. it's it's either up 9% or or down 14. It, you know, that's the way it acts. Did right? I miss Intel earnings? Nobody cares anymore, though. It's tiny. It's $120 billion. Um, We live in the I, land of trillion-dollar market caps Can I
2: ask you about sell discipline? Because buying is easy. Mm-hmm. I found selling to be really difficult. Are you more likely to sell on the way up or at, or like, what's your sell discipline?
1: I, I always sell a third as soon as I get a quick move. So let's say I buy a stock at 25 and that day it runs to 26. I probably sold some at twenty five eighty. That reduces my risk on the two-thirds position. So my expertise is really try you know, buying at the precise time. That's, that's my talent really, because I look at these on, on multiple timeframes all the way down to the shortest timeframes. So when I get an entry, it's usually right, but I don't trust this market. So I want to sell some immediately, mm. you know, not immediately, but that day ideally. And then because I'm latching onto a new emerging trend, I use the definition of trend, higher highs and higher lows. As long as it's making higher lows, as soon as it pulls back and starts to rally again, I raise my stop up under that prior low, and I repeat that process until it it, it falls below the prior But low. so if
2: the wind is at your back, if we're in a bull market where your longs are working, you will give it more room to the upside?
1: I'll go on a different time for a longer time frame. Yeah. So right now there's shorter term time frame. So I'll be ma- doing this on like a, a 10 because minute. cause of the environment. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. you don't trust
2: the environment, which but, makes sense. That,
1: that's the market. That's the, the message the market has been right. telling me because I've tried to hold things and, you know, it breaks out then it just gets punched but right so back you're down. You're not
2: predicting what type of market, where the market's going to go. You're just reacting. Yeah. The market's strong. Well, it's I'm, not strong. It's I choppy. Mean, it's not choppy.
1: Yeah. And I want to get in right at the onset of the new momentum And ride it as as best I can, but I'm not going to be greedy about it because it's not a good greedy environment to be in right Right. now.
0: I want to do a few more with you. Um, And you've shared like so much helpful information for people. And just the whole VWAP concept is like so – I don't even want to say misunderstood. People have never even heard of this as an indicator. Uh, So you said this, and then I have some follow-up questions. You said, as a trader, I'm focused on price action. I look at most technical tools the same way, uh, similar to how I view fundamentals. I am not interested in the little in, literal interpretation of head and shoulder patterns, moving averages, et cetera. Similarly, I view fundamentals the same. I know the market doesn't care about my interpretation of economic data, earnings, cash flow, et cetera. It is all about getting inside the head of the market participants, understanding what they value and what might motivate them to act. So my question to you is, has there ever been a situation where you'll look back at a trade and say that would have gone better if I'd known more about the underlying company before buying or selling the stock? It's typically hurt me to know more about the company, okay. and, and so that's like like, 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 hypothetically, First Republic is in a beautiful uptrend, right? And you're f*ing around with it because you like the the price action, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere. Like, it's blindsided because of something that goes wrong at Silicon Valley Bank. Right. And then I know, like, you're not going to enter it again, you know, once it starts breaking down. I understand it's out of your wheelhouse. But in that moment, like, a situation like that, would you ever be like, shit, I don't know I was trading a bank that was making loans to, you know, giving mortgages out at 1% to tech people? You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen that before and said, shit, I wish I had known?
1: Um, No. Um, Okay. Because, you know, who did know, right? That's why it had such an outsized response by the market. It took everyone by surprise. Um, I'm sure there were some short sellers
0: in there, but by and large, most people were not focused on that.
1: Great example, that C3 AI recently. Um, I'm part of this little chat group with some sophisticated people. uh, And they put out, uh, I was talking about AI, the stock, and I think it was 22 or something like that. And they said, well, this- Um, hedge fund has a report out and they linked it to Yahoo Finance. And it was the same report that came out, but it was four days prior. And they said, basically, these companies are fraud and all this stuff. But the stock was breaking out. It went from 22 to 50 or whatever in four or five days. And then, so- you know, I was like, well, the market doesn't care about that news. But then it broke like on CNBC. It was just a little article on Yahoo. So I knew that story. And it actually ended up hurting me because when it came out on CNBC and the big networks picked it up, the stock came crashing down. And I drew a VWAP and I said, well, that's probably going to be where it's support. And I broke all my rules and I said, well, I'm going to buy some there because. The marketer knows this news. It's Rather not news. Rather than
0: let it bounce off that level. Yeah, exactly. I broke I'm my gonna rules. i the buyers.
1: So four days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're your rules. They're my rules. So I get to break. <laughs> they're guidelines. Um, yeah. They're there are only, no rules. They're only guidelines. I can't break like your rules, it. but yeah. you
2: can.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: so so I lost money, but I got out real quick. So yeah. that knowledge actually hurt me because it, it put a bias in my head.
0: Do you have uh, an investment portfolio or a retirement account that you don't trade? You just allocate to ETFs and leave it alone?
1: I have some money that I have to do that with. And she, I,
0: is she in charge of that? She or is. you're in charge of that? No, no.
1: She, <laughs> she's in charge of that. She does. Okay. She, she's done really well with, with her long-term stuff too. Okay. I look at that. and and But at the same time, I see that stuff go down 20, 30%. But you
0: have to treat your, of course. But you have to treat your trading as a business, which it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have to almost like separate what the purpose is of the retirement account. But it's probably not always easy to do because you have not a view. All.
1: Not at all. I'm sure. I, I I always right. think I'm smart. In fact, most of my really active trading is in my IRA. For, I tax, think for tax reasons. For tax reasons. Yeah. 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 I mean why well, create that big paper mess uh and and pay taxes? So Right. Yeah.
0: Um, you're old enough to be to have been trading, me too, uh, when most of what was on the tape was the activity of other humans. Do you miss that? Like t- like old school tape reading. Like, uh, like the the kind that the SMB guys used to talk about. I was never good at that. I don't. Okay. I don't have the patience Wait, to you look at the level that? two. Can you describe that? Uh, tape reading is looking at looking at what's going on in prices and sussing out uh, what other people are doing, but not in a mechanical way. Really, just like more in a, in a feel kind of way. Yeah, right? and,
1: and you would see a certain market maker keep refreshing on the bid, but now yeah. it's all
0: hidden. Usually like Sherwood.
1: It's, yeah, Sherwood. Yeah, Sherwood. Exactly. Okay. Um,
0: I know. So I caught the tail end of that, uh, and there were guys. They were retail brokers, but they were pitching this to their clients that like, I'm here all day. I'm reading the tape. Like in other words, if some shit is about to go down, I'm going to see it before anybody else. And I guess that was a thing that you could say. And people would believe you right. 25 years ago. But that uh tape reading is effectively dead, right? For me, it was really never a big thing. I know okay. those SMB guys still you know still promote it and do it. it. So
1: yeah. I, I think for some people it's really highly specialized. It's never been my interest. I don't have that attention to detail. I can't sit there okay. and watch it at
0: that level. So it was like card counting, but harder. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not a dealer and- It's not and, just 52 it's cards. It's not a dealer yeah. and three other people and 52 cards. It's millions of people. Right. Brian, do right. you
2: use stops? Like, or are you in front of your computer all the time to- I'm generally in front of the computer. If I if I have a
1: stop, it's because I'm nervous about the position. So I might sell a little bit if I'm that nervous. Uh, but if, you know, if, if I go on vacation, I'll trade options instead. That way I know what I have. So- we define so,
0: the amount you could lose. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Brian, did you have fun on the show today? I loved it. You guys are the best. All right. Dude, you're the man. Thank you. So we're going to do favorites and and let you guys get out of here. I know you have a dinner tonight, Um, but let's just talk about the book quickly. So in addition to a lot of the concepts that we talked about today, just give us like the elevator pitch on why um, our listeners should check out the new book. It'll help you understand market
1: structure and what goes on behind the scenes. It's not always just about fundamentals. That's a real important piece. But there's a lot of money. Most of the volume is done by computers. So wouldn't you want to know what those computers are doing and how they've been programmed? That's the elevator pitch.
2: Okay. Uh, Is this for everyone? Is it it too much for beginners or, or what?
1: Well, it, it's kind of advanced, so you know, buy my first book first. But okay. if what's
0: you the don't name of the do first, that? What's the name of the- Your, your first book is also legendary. By the way, what, Every that, trader has One of the best-selling
2: technical analysis books of all time? I, yeah. I'll say that. Okay. Has to be. How what, many, what's it called? How many copies have you sold?
0: It's a lot.
1: Yeah, it's about 20,000 or so. Okay.
0: And this is like a technical analysis book that you sold yourself? Yes. Okay. And you still sell it yourself? Correct. Okay. So you buy that at alphatrends.net? Uh, Amazon.com. Oh, or on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, so what's that one called, the first one, the original one? Technical Analysis Using Multiple Time Frames. Te- okay. And the second one
1: is, let's do the title again. Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored VWAP. Okay. So so it sounds intimidating. And, you know, uh, if you start with, if you're newer, Start
0: with the yeah, appendix. I was going to say, why couldn't you just name it, like, How to Get Rich? <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't <laughs> you want to sell really it? Like, yeah, I, okay. yeah, I
1: really should have. But right. they're
0: almost, I don't want to give people the impression it's a textbook. It's written in your voice. It and is. you as a teacher and as a current practitioner. And that's why I was able to read it and, like, enjoy reading it. You, you were able to do that because of Leanne, my wife. No, no, okay. <laughs> Her edits, seriously. Okay, that's, yeah. that's good to know. Because I don't read technical analysis books. Like, yeah. like, I just don't, no, I get it. but I liked yours. And on every page there was like familiarity, like, mm-hmm. like a light bulb would go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's what I liked about it. Yeah. Um, it's just plain okay.
1: English, right? It's, it's not trying to, yeah, when I worked at Lehman Brothers, the phrase was treat your customers like mushrooms, feed them shit and keep them
2: in the dark. Yep, I hated that.
1: I was like, why can't we just explain what's going on? Let's talk in real that's
2: English. The, Cause that's where the Vig is. Yeah. That's, right. a, that's a line from a movie too. I can't remember which one. Was it? Maybe yeah. Boiler Room or something.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, all right. Let's do favorites. Brian, what have you no, brought? No, it's
2: from The Departed. It's a Boston accent. It's from The Departed.
0: Okay. Okay. We solved that mystery. There we go. What have you brought us today? What do you What do you think people should be paying attention to? Or you watch what you are anything? you excited about right now?
1: Watch? Um, well, we just got done with something. I forgot what it was. It Sounds was a, good. Uh, Must uh, have been yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, wow. I like uh, that. Succession, though. A big fan of Succession. Okay.
2: Let's talk about Succession for a second. Yeah. I my thought fa- it's my favorite. I thought, I'm two shows behind. Okay, so this I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, I thought the last episode was phenomenal. I don't the one in Norway. Yeah, I don't know that yeah. I buy uh, Skarsgård, uh, Mattson. I don't know that I buy him. Just he's not that good. Just his character. It just seems totally implausible, and I don't know that he's very good at it. I just I think the show is flawless. He's flat. I just I don't buy it. He's too much. Of, he's too much of a d
0: bag. They have the like, best he's characters. Too ha- he's too hateable though. So. So Kendall is- They have the best character. He's not yeah. supposed to
2: be Elon, right? That's why they're kind of playing off of, uh, like brash and does whatever he wants. I don't know. I just,
0: I think he's supposed to be like really cold
2: and calculating and he's doing that. I just don't buy it. I think Kendall, Kendall is one of the best characters of all time. That guy, the, the guy just, can you imagine anyone doing a better job than Jeremy Strong in that role? It's incredible. Yeah. The amount of it's things incredible. he has to do it's incredible. in every scene. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh every everyone on that show is just crushing it this year. And this is the end. There's like how many left? Three left?
2: That was episode five, I believe. So is it eight, ten, eight episodes or ten? ten? I think ten.
0: Okay. Man. Uh you're two behind? No, I'm one behind. Uh-huh. One behind. This week was all yeah. right. Uh,
1: Kendall was just making a power move and and really showing that he's oh, got some tricks. Did she do drugs? No.
2: She pretended to. Yeah, because she's probably, she. so that was very calculated. She she was, she's, she's, yeah. she's, this is not a spoiler. She's pretending to do drugs and drink to get him to spill the beans and she, it works. And she, ah, so, so
0: they never yeah. actually show her snort a line of Coke or whatever. I don't. She, she like, like picks care. up the jar and puts yeah, it down. Yeah, because
2: she's got a drink that she's like. I gonna, had a
0: friend who would pick it up and put it down, but he, all right, it doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> a very long time ago, everyone. And then not pretend he's friend. drunk, right? <laughs> uh, and then you mentioned AI. So... Is is AI already having an impact on what you do, or you just see it coming? It, it kinda is. I mean,
1: I have been playing around with it and, and the problem is there's too many sites right now. I just saw a new one last night, hugging uh, Hugging Face. Hugging Face, right. Yeah. 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 So there's Chat Baird, and Hugging Face. What's those, hugging are the, face? those are the three big ones. It's it's same thing. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. But then there's all these little offshoots that will take
0: a YouTube so video. This, dude, and, this one kid just took chat chat GPT and built a Chrome modification. Right. So you could just run that in your browser. It's ridiculous. And it significantly shrinks down the amount of whatever data.
2: Everyone who knows anything about tech, like all the tech people are saying this is – this, this and is and what is and like this is real. We till what whatever
0: Apple does in this space is right. going to be the one that yeah. every consumer makes use of immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how are you using but it? But do you
1: think so, Josh? Isn't the first mover always you know? No, Apple's
0: never first. They didn't have the first MP3 player. That's true. iTunes came way okay. after Napster and LimeWire. Uh, the phone was way after Palm Pilot. Google and, and Google was like the twentieth web browser. Yeah, Google was way after the first wave. So Apple doesn't come first; they come correct.
2: Okay. They make the best yeah. shit.
0: Like, cause and part of that is they look at what other people have done and they, they turn it. their nose up and they say, That's garbage. Here's the thing. And they don't it doesn't always work, but I can't remember a time where it didn't. Oh, you yeah, know my so. favorite
2: thing this week? How about them Nick's? How about that? No, That's your I big son. F- yeah, yeah. How about yeah. that? We have
0: Nick's fever, dude we're like they're losing our minds yeah it's been Miami. it's been
2: like it's been over 20 years since i've been excited about our next team
0: it's and actually i think i love this team as much as i loved uh like the 96 97 98 team yeah like i love these guys and i was
2: 14 years old at the time so this is this feels a little different um uh music fan what do you Yeah, listen- yeah. you yeah, are right yeah. you go to red rocks we talk yeah we about go to a this. lot of
0: shows so uh there's a rolling stones tribute album that just came out it's today- all of the biggest artists in country music. Yeah. Um, each one of them covered a Rolling Stones hit. It's like 30 songs on. Do you like country generally? I'm not a huge, I like uh, alt country. I'm not like uh-huh. a huge like country music listener.
2: Actually, in your car on the way home, you were, you had country well, on the other day. I think day. that's
0: what this was. Oh, okay. So, it, yeah. uh, but I- I'm a Stones guy. Yeah. So there's like every to- Rolling Stone song that you love Overrated. covered by just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Overrated. Covered <laughs> 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 by a different uh country artist. Pretty cool. It's like, you know, Spotify, yeah. iTunes, whatever. I'll check that um, out. Um you probably like that. You yeah. see any shows lately? Or you going anything this summer?
1: Yeah. Um we're gonna go to Beck. I, I love him at Red Rocks. Um okay. we just saw Pink Floyd and the Colorado Symphony Orchestra cover yeah, wow. band. That was that was pretty cool. Okay, um, John Mellencamp was a lot of fun. That was a good that, show. It's just like everyone there my age, everyone knew every note to every song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We, we go to a lot of shows. How
0: far away do you live from Red Rocks? Is that like your local? 20, 25 minutes. It's incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. it
1: is. You got to come out. I keep telling you that.
0: Um, I almost went. Somebody, somebody was, somebody had me going to uh, a Dave Matthews
2: show there. Or Josh something, hates Dave Matthews, and I
0: hate Dave Matthews. Yeah. And at the last minute, I was like, nah, yeah, I "Not gonna." We'll do have it.
2: a reason yeah. to come to Denver soon. Yeah, I think, I hope. Who? Us. Oh yeah, we ha- we invent we ha- one.
0: We haven't landed on Denver yet. Uh-huh. We don't have an advisor oh, really? who lives there, but we've That's got a guy. Sean's out there, uh, but we got a guy yeah, who lives yeah. there, works works with us. Shout yeah. out to Sean, and someday we'll, we'll, we'll uh, make it. We'll make it. We'll come out okay. and We'll do the whole thing. Yeah. So, all right, all right. We're gonna let we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let Brian and his editor uh, <laughs> get out of here tonight. Uh, we really appreciate you coming through, and I meant everything I said. You do have this legendary status amongst at least the traders I know. Confirmed. They've always respected you. They've always spoken reverentially about you, and I hope the audience listens to this and gets that same sense. You're like a real guy. You really do it. And you're also a great guy. So thank you. That's why thank I love you so being much. with you
1: guys because I look yeah, yeah. at you the same way. Thanks, thank Brian. You,
0: thank you so much, Brian. We appreciate it. And listeners, if you haven't yet left a comment about the show, a rating on Apple Podcasts, today might be the day that you do it. And I got to tell you, it's very important for the algorithms that we have ratings. So if you love the show and you want to encourage us to keep going and you want to help out, this is your chance. Leave us a rating and review and tell the rest of the world that you're into what we're doing here. All right, that's all we have for this week. Shout out John, Duncan, Nicole's away. We miss her. Great job in the dock, Sean, thank you so much, Brian Shannon. Let's get out of thank here. Thank you. I kind of like
2: that. I like it. it you're the man. Thank you. That was <laughs> great. All right, so
0: that was the dry run. And...